Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, joined as usual by the co-host, Trey Lyle. And we are excited for another week of baseball talk and extra excited this week because we are just a few days away from the first day of the 2021 NCAA baseball season. And here to help us break it down, as you know, Trey and I are both graduates of Virginia Tech. So we wanted to focus on the Virginia Tech Hokies and their upcoming season. And here to help us break it down and look forward to the Hokies baseball season is the man when it comes to Virginia Tech baseball, Corey Van Dyke, a beat writer for Tech Sideline. They do a wonderful job covering all Virginia Tech athletics, and he is an outstanding baseball writer for Tech Sideline. So, Corey, thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on and really looking forward to, to talking some Virginia Tech baseball here. Should be an exciting season coming up in just a few days now for the Hokies. Of course, yeah, we're looking forward to it, looking forward to getting underway this Friday. But before we get into the baseball stuff, some exciting news for you. Congratulations, you have a new job actually in Blacksburg. You're back at Virginia Tech. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Virginia Tech these days. Yeah, so so back in Blacksburg, uh, back in second home, I like to call it. So I'm working in the school of communication here, um, a school that we all graduated from. So back Woo. here working as a communication specialist, um, doing all kinds of social media stuff with them, um, advertising, PR, reporting, a little bit of jack of all trades for anything communications worth for the school. So excited to get going. It's kind of my second week on the job this week um, and looking forward to continuing to doing some stuff with Tech Sideline on the side as well. We're so old that we were, it was a department of communications when we graduated. That's right. My question is, uh, does Dr. Howe, can you hear his howdies from, from your office? Are y'all close enough? You, and can you please give him a hard time for me? And I know he probably is listening to this because he likes to mess with me. So, yeah, Buddy is actually, I think he's only two doors down from me. So I, I haven't personally heard uh, heard him in his office yet. I've only gone to my office about two or three times. So I haven't heard him yet, but next time I run into him, I'll, I'll be sure to ring your name up, Trey. Feel bad for the kids that are taking his classes over Zoom. They're not getting the full experience. Oh, the howdy. Yeah, exactly. You should work for him. I got to work for him for two years, so that was uh, it's interesting as well. But on to some college baseball. And, Corey, obviously you've been you know on the beat for the, the Hokies and seeing kind of this transition over the last couple of years to Coach Chef, who's now really got his program in. How are uh, – how is coach, uh, what's his feelings coming into the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you look at it and obviously it was going to be kind of a slow build. The, the Hokies were uh, at, at a rough point where, where Chef took off and they've kind of garnered a lot of support in the program with facilities wise and stuff like that since, which has been kind of what he's even wanted. You know, his whole motto coming in is the BIIB build it in Blacksburg and you know, that wasn't just building a, a better stadium, it wasn't just building all these facilities, but it was building, you know, a better a better team, a better product to put on the field as well. So now in year four, you know, he, he's talked about it. He wants to get this team to an NCAA tournament. I think last year they were definitely headed down that path. They could have been headed down that path. Obviously, it was more so we only saw one ACC 
um, series, but they were a strong non-conference uh, record last year before that season was cut short. So, I mean, I, I think that's really the expectation for him. He wants to get these guys to an NCAA tournament. He wants to get them a, a, a finish, not, you know, towards the bottom of the ACC, but more towards that middle or top of the ACC. And I think those are the expectations. He's always talked about, you know, the, the big things between the, the, the programs that, you know, get to an NCAA tournament and those that don't is the difference between going two and one on a weekend series versus one and two. And that was really the step he wanted to see his team make this year. They've been a team that's been one and two in weekend series for so long, blowing games like that, where he wants to see that next step where they become a team that's constantly going two and one in weekend series. The team lost a, a couple of veteran players, among them Ian Seymour, who was drafted last year, a couple other players that were drafted in the MLB draft last summer. How, how are they going to replace those players? And who are some players that you expect to make big impacts this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the biggest loss, like you mentioned, is Ian Seymour there. He was their, their ace pitcher last year, um, drafted in the second round by the Tampa Bay Rays, um, led by Eric Neander, their GM, another Hokies grad, so a cool kind of connection there. But, I mean, you look at it, Seymour was that dominant guy at the top of their rotation. But they still do have their two other guys in the rotation returning this year. Uh, Chris Girard, he's a, a really crafty lefty. He is a guy that, you know, throws all kinds of pitches, fastball, cutter, slider, curveball, changeup. Um, and actually talking to Coach Fecto today, the pitching coach, he said he's even adding more to his repertoire. So that's going to kind of be exciting to watch what, what he can still add. And he's, like I said, a crafty guy that just nails his spots, um, really doesn't get too flustered out there on the mound. Uh, the other guy that the, the Hokies will really be leaning on in their rotation is Anthony Simonelli. Uh, he's another starter that's returning for them this year. He was a transfer last year uh, from Coastal Carolina, where he, he came in and immediately earned a spot in the rotation. He's more of a power arm will throw in the lower to mid-90s. Um, good slider, good breaking ball. So those are really the two guys that they'll continue to count on. And that third spot in the rotation where Seymour kind of left the void, that's still kind of to be determined who, who gets that. Uh, Peyton Alford, he's a guy that they talked about could potentially compete for it. He's a guy that's you know decided to come back for a fifth season um, to use that extra year of eligibility. One of three seniors that Virginia Tech is returning. Uh, another guy they're also looking at is Shane Connolly. He's a, a transfer from the Citadel and he was a weekend starter for the Citadel. So they, they do have options of who they can kind of throw in there. And even a lot of times in college baseball, you don't really even need sometimes a, a third guy that you, you know, are counting on to get six or seven. And sometimes it's a guy you just need to get to the lineup one time, maybe two times if he's really cruising and just rely on your bullpen for that last game. So that's really what it sounded like the, the, the Hokies were going to do. Um, the other big loss, of course, is, is Carson Taylor at catcher. He, he's a guy that got drafted by the Dodgers, and uh, he was on a tear last year. I think, you know, pulling up the stats here, he was batting 431 through, what was it, through 16 games last year, two home runs, 20 RBIs, um, an on-base percentage. Of, of over 500. So, I mean, you look at him, that's going to be a, a huge piece of their lineup, but also behind the plate, he was their catcher. Um, really the, the guy that's, you know, they're going to kind of look at right there will be Cade Hunter. He's the, uh, a freshman last year and by, by the rules this year as well, he's a freshman again, because no eligibilities were used up. So he, he's really a, a guy that I've talked, was talking to coach Elbin today, their, their assistant um, coach and the, their hitting coach, pretty much a really toolsy guy a guy that they can count on and he'll, he'll definitely get the first look at catcher to, to kind of lead the, the pitching staff and to kind of be a offensive weapon in the lineup. 
their lineup has been able to provide a lot of power. I know they've been up there in home run metrics over the past couple of years, despite maybe not the on-field success they've wanted. You talked on how great their non-conference was last season. Uh, you kind of touched on the challenges from uh, the starting pitching. Do you think that's the biggest challenge this team faces because their lineup still should provide some sort of offense this year? I mean, I, I think you could make that argument. It, it will be finding, you know, those consistent guys. But when you do have two guys like Gerard and, and Simonelli returning to, to kind of anchor that rotation, they'll likely be the Friday and Saturday starters. I, I think it'll really come down to their bullpen. You know, in, in years past, they've lost a lot of ACC games just simply because the bullpen had mistakes. They walked guys late in games and really just couldn't piece it together. They they did lose a guy um, to the draft as well last year, Zach Brixey. He was a guy for them that was throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s. He won actually the, the Cape Cod, you know, the biggest summer league um, in baseball. He won the Cape Cod reliever of the league the year before, and they were expecting big things out of him. And, you know, the season gets shortened, gets, gets canceled early, and then he leaves. So it kind of does leave a hole there. But I mean, I think it, it'll really come down to can some of these young arms uh, make strides at, at the back end of, of the bullpen, a, a guy that they had talked about that they really want to see make that jump and have a lot of confidence this year is Matthew Silverling. Uh, he's a tall lefty guy for them. Um, had some appearances last year, but they really think he's a guy that can make the next step and really kind of show progression in his game. So that's really what I think is is the biggest piece for this team. Can they continue to get production at the back end of their rotation with with some of these guys that we haven't really even seen yet because there was only 16 games last year we're talking with Corey van dyke virginia tech baseball beat writer for tech sideline so last season was canceled in the middle of march march 13th i think was when the, the final games were canceled and no more baseball the rest of the season the season would usually go until the first couple weekends in may and then a lot of players would play their summer league at places like the Cape Cod League or the Valley Baseball League. A lot of those leagues were canceled this summer. Uh, a lot of high schoolers didn't get to play at all last spring. So for those guys who the last real games they played were last March, how odd is it going to be for them to step on a field and play a real baseball game for the first time since then? And do you think that, that that's going to present some growing pains or do you think they're prepared from practice that they're ready to step on that field this Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the biggest question for for any of these teams that are bringing in a large freshman class, like you said, bringing in these guys that they didn't even have a high school season. They didn't, you know, they might've been able to find um, some summer ball teams to play on, but maybe not. So it's, it's really a question of, you know, can those guys produce right away and come in right away? But I think, you know, one thing that that coach chef had talked about and he's talked about consistently is, is having guys that have experience and having kind of to lean on them a little bit. You know, you have guys, um, you know, Kevin Madden, for example, a third baseman, he's only considered a sophomore, but this is, you know, really his, his third year playing uh, another guy, Nick Bittison. He, he's a guy that's been consistently at the top of their lineup, a Mr. Utility. I like to call him. He's a guy that's consistently, you know, still just a sophomore, but has been there seemingly for three or four years now, even though it's only been this third year coming up. So relying on guys like that, relying on another guy like Tanner Thomas, who decided to come back for a fifth year, I think that would kind of be the key for this team early on is, is using the experience that they do have and then kind of slowly bringing those other guys in, slowly bringing those people in. And, you know, one thing as well, um, Coach Chef, since, he, since he's come to Virginia Tech, he's really hit the, the JUCO trail and the recruiting trail on tra and transfers hard. Uh, that's another thing he's done this year. I know one of the guys they're most excited about 
is a uh, TJ Rumfield. He's a, he's a transfer from Texas tech. And if you know anything about college baseball, Texas tech is a powerhouse. They're a team that, you know, year in and year out are competing in the big 12. So I know that that's a guy that they were very excited about. He'll likely be the, the starting first baseman, a guy that they think will be, you know, the three or four bat in the middle of their lineup right away. So, you know, I, like I said, I think it's going to be hard to to acclimate those high school guys right away. So relying on, you know, some of these other guys, the transfers relying on these guys that have been here before early on will kind of be, you know, not just what the Hokies do, but what I think, you know, programs around the nation will do as well. Corey, you kind of touched on the schedule a little bit, and this will lead into kind of our next questions, looking at a couple favorites, both in conference and across the nation. How tough does uh, Tech's schedule shape up? Obviously, this is kind of a unique year, and I think they're working more, you know, conference-heavy, probably leaning towards their schedule. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you look at the schedule, they, they have a home series this weekend, but then right away, even next week, you know, they're going on the road to Miami. That's that's a tough one right out, out of the stretch, but it will be good that, you know, they're going on the road to, to Miami in February, not going to, I don't know, Pittsburgh or something like that, but I mean, it will be interesting. Like you are seeing a lot of these, you know, ACC games, these ACC series earlier on in the schedule. So these teams will be tested right away. A lot of the times it was more so, you know, kind of get your footing, dip your feet in the water and non-conference play, and then kind of go full throttle into ACC play and, you know, the, the strong survive and the weak kind of get cut off. So I, I think with it being right away that ACC plays so early on in the schedule, it, it'll kind of show right away what teams are real, what teams are fake, what teams are kind of going to make that next step and which teams are going to kind of fade um, down the stretch. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly going to be a test early on, like I said, going to Miami that first weekend. Uh, Miami is always a team that, you know, is consistently good in the ACC, uh, a, a program there where, you know, the likes of Alex Rodriguez have played there and other guys like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it will certainly have a different dynamic for, for the Hokies and, and everyone else in the ACC as well. So the ACC uh, preseason rankings came out a couple of days ago. Uh, obviously, you know, the favorites, the the perennial favorites, Louisville is picked as the overall champion. Uh-huh. Uh, Miami picked as the Coastal Division champion. Virginia Tech picked to finish sixth in the Coastal Division. What's your take on that? Do you think that they'll finish there or they, they make some leaps forward this year and end up finishing a little higher in the standings? I mean, I think it's it's certainly hard to say right now. I mean, you look at you know, the, the teams that are ahead of them, like I said, a Miami team that's consistently good, a, a Virginia team that's consistently good, Georgia Tech, consistently good Duke and, and North Carolina. So, I mean, you look at it and it's, you got these teams ahead of them that, you know, that there's no slouches really in the ACC is what it comes down to. It's, it's actually kind of funny. I, I would argue that the, the coastal division in the ACC baseball is, is more difficult to then the Atlantic where that's the total opposite in football. Like we always talk about where the coastal division is a joke in football, but I think, you know, you look at those teams up and down the coastal division in, in baseball, I would argue that side is, is, is tougher, especially with the development of, of teams like Duke and, and Georgia tech really has come on strong these last couple of years. So, I mean, I think right now that's probably slotted where they should be. And I don't think that's an indictment on saying, you know, Virginia tech will be, some, some scrub team this this year or anything like that. I think it's just more so a, 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 an issue looking at the strength of the ACC and the gauntlet that you kind of have to go through in the ACC. So, like I said, I think that's a fair adjustment right, or a fair assessment right now. I'm interested to see, though, kind of how this all starts to shape up. You always have surprise teams. You always have teams that are rated higher than they should be early on, and we really won't get to know all of that until we start getting some games under the belt. 
And obviously when you look historically in college baseball, the Big 12, the SEC kind of have your powerhouse teams. You touched on Texas Tech. I think of like an LSU of the world has always been a team that's perennial uh, favorites every year. What are uh, a couple teams you have your eyes on that you could see in Omaha come uh, hopefully, assuming you'll be in Omaha, I don't know how they're going to do it, come uh, May or June? I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the automatic team you go to is Vanderbilt. I mean, the, the Commodores year in and year out are a team that will be there every step of the way. I think they're, they're returning uh, Jack Leiter, Al Leiter's son, as they're kind of the, the anchor of their rotation. So I think, you know, you, you look at them and you expect them to be really good from, you know, the get-go in the SEC. They're kind of the class of the SEC. They, they did win it all last year, if I'm not – or the, the year before – the last – most previous year, if I'm not mistaken. So They're defending so, national champions. Yeah, the defending national champions, even though it was two years ago. So I think – I mean, they're the obvious team to look at. And, you know, the, the teams to look at, I'd say, from – you know, the, the ACC um, would be Louisville there year in and year out. Uh, Coach McDonald there just does a great job w- with them. And they, they seem to, to always be on the cusp of, of making a big move in Omaha, but have kind of fallen short of a few times lately. I, I think, you know, you, you look at the, the preseason rankings, um, their, their picks to, to win the ACC right now, their picks to, to finish obviously in front um, of the Atlantic division if they're picked to win the ACC. So I think they're, they're a team to watch out for as well. So the season begins this Friday against Kent State at home at English Field, 4 p.m. first pitch in Blacksburg. You going to be there? Or are you going to be at the games covering them this season? I don't really know how things are working down in Blacksburg with COVID, uh, how, the, how the media is shaping out. But are you going to be attending the games this season? So, yeah, I, I was still honestly trying to figure that out today. Like I said, I, I had talked to um, the coaching staff today, interviewed some of them, and they still weren't really sure either. So, Still trying to figure that out. You know, we're going through adjustments here as well. Um, we have different SIDs and, and, and whatnot. So I'm planning to, to get on top of that in the next few days. But I, I have every intention, um, if they'll allow me to, to be at the games this weekend, at least at least probably the, the Friday and Sunday games. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting back into to English field and, and kind of watching some Hokies, Hokies baseball. Yeah, obviously that beautiful ballpark, Union Bank Park at English field was debuted i believe our senior year or, no junior year of college um for matt yeah, it was our matt and i and it, it, it's a great ballpark and you touched on the facilities getting the new and it was for both baseball and softball which is helping them in softball building a really good program as well uh, looking at the other side so how how do you feel you know baseball and softball kind of go hand in hand the way tech has it set up in terms of the facility they're right next to each other and they kind of share, you know, their offices. How do you feel about both programs in terms of their viability from the facilities point of view? I mean, I think that's, you know, that's something coach chef has always talked about is, you know, we have to get this program to a place where it has ACC level facilities. And that that's been a big issue where for a long time, Virginia tech didn't have that. And they're, they're finally now just starting to, to get to that point a little bit, you know, it's, it's a long ways to go still where, you know, to get to the likes of a, of a Louisville, of a UNC, of teams like that, where they just have these massive facilities, massive locker rooms and whatnot. But I think Virginia Tech certainly has the, the plans in place even for, for new facilities to be added and just different kind of elements added on and really to create a, a really cool, unique ballpark. Because I think, I mean, you look at it, it, it is 
uh, a beautiful area of campus, you know, right when you kind of enter campus there, you know, Lane Stadium's off in the distance as well. So I think that they want to continue to build that up. You know, Whit Babcock, the, the AD here at Virginia Tech, he is a baseball guy himself. He played baseball. Um, so he wants to continue to invest into this program. And I think, you know, with, with Chef and his kind of vision as well, it, it's only on, you know, the up and up from here. I got one more, Corey. Obviously, we are recording this on Tuesday night to air Wednesday. So Wednesday is the start of spring training for a couple of teams. Uh, you are a Giants fan, obviously, uh, myself and you both being from Richmond. Oddly enough, the one person from not from Richmond lived in Richmond now. So uh, <laughs> what are your expectations for, uh, for the Giants this season and how excited for the upcoming Major League Baseball season? I know there are a lot of kinks to work out. And unfortunately for the Giants, they are in, they may have the two best teams in the National League uh, sharing a division with them. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. It's pretty intimidating when, you know, you see the Dodgers just signing guys left and right, signing Trevor Bauer. You see the Padres and all their young stars kind of rising up and, you know, looking to compete this year in the NL again and really kind of being the, the team that might take down the Dodgers. So it is intimidating from that standpoint. Um, but But I mean, you know, I think the Giants – their whole big thing is kind of moving on, I think, and start trying to find these pieces um, moving on from the, the world series pieces that they've had and trying to find some of these younger guys. Now I know, you know, Joey Bart is a guy I'm extremely excited about when, when, you know, he, he, he was brought in last year towards the end of the year um, played catcher for them large parts at the end of the season. So he kind of struggled a little bit early on, but I think, you know, he had, he had a little bit of a learning curve. I'm excited to see him kind of lead that rotation from catcher and kind of really show his power. He's a guy from the ACC at Georgia Tech. Uh, another guy that, you know, we'll, we'll see if he gets called up this year is Helio Ramos. He's a guy, uh, he's played for a Flying Squirrels the past couple of years, didn't obviously play this last year, but a guy that, that I surely want to see. He's got all the tools that they say to really be, you know, a corner outfielder for, for years to come. So I, I think, you know, I'm kind of at this point where I'm not expecting them to compete, you know, maybe – if, if they can, you know, somehow get towards, you know, 500 and can kind of in those, those end of the summer be working towards a wild card. But I'm really just expecting to see some of these younger guys, see what they bring to the table and, and what the kind of future looks like for this Giants team. I think that's a, that's a good level of expectation to have. Uh, no offense, but for a Giants fan, um, obviously high expectations for Trey's Yankees. And I don't really know what to expect from the Braves this year. All the projections seem to have them in second or third place. I still obviously think win the division again but that's just me but I am excited for the MLB season to get underway and I'm excited for Virginia Tech and the rest of the college baseball season to get started uh, again the season kicks off this Friday February 19th at 4 p.m. taking on Kent State at English Field Trey I just looked up on the schedule and it looks like the Hokies do take a trip to Lynchburg to play Liberty later this season they don't come to Richmond unfortunately they, they do play VCU but it's in Blacksburg so I won't get a chance to see them I'll be jealous of you, Corey, getting to see them and Trey if you end up seeing them in Lynchburg. But uh, best of luck covering this season, whatever it looks like for you, and keep us updated on how the Hokies are doing. Yeah, I will add in one more thing, too. I forgot to mention this. When, when I talked to the coaching staff today, I, I asked them, you know, who is one guy we don't really know a lot about so far that you think is going to make a big step. And literally all, all three of them said Jonas Seeger. So he's a guy, um, third year in the program, but a guy we really haven't seen much of. Um, but he's a guy that they say has led the team in home runs, you know, in, in their inner squad scrimmages and in the fall in the, the spring and stuff like that with like nine or 10 home runs. So he's a guy they say will be in the top four or five in their lineup. So uh, that's a name to watch out for as well. I just realized I forgot to mention him, but yeah, looking forward to, to covering the Hokies this year and really kind of seeing, 
you know, what is that next step for, for coach chef and company? A nugget to wrap up from the man, the myth, the legend, Corey Van Dyke. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Corey. And, uh, Congrats on the new job with uh, the Department of Communications and uh, have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. So that was Corey Van Dyke of Tech Sideline joining us on today's episode of the podcast, breaking down the upcoming Virginia Tech baseball season. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to watching the Hokies. That first series against Kent State is going to be on ACC Network Extra. Probably going to be a, a familiar voice broadcasting that game. I would guess Bailey Angle. I know he does a lot of baseball. Could be Evan Hughes, though. Who knows? Welcome to another edition of So You Think You Don't Like Beer, featuring my fiance Mariah Craddock. Hello, we're back again recording a different way this time. If you listened last week and you were thinking, where the heck is the recording? It looked terrible, so we didn't post it. But we have a ring light now, so we're fancy. Yeah, we're bougie. We got a ring light. We got a fancy setup in here. And we're going to drink another uh, bougie beer that I brought home from work. Um, very interesting label. Let you all looking, get a nice look at it. I'm not really sure what this, are these dragons or aggressive looking snakes? I think Is this Medusa? It looks more like a face I think it's Medusa. Yeah. And. It's from Collective Arts Brewing. And it is called the Jam Up Boysenberry Blackberry Dry Hopped Sour. Not a big fan of hops, so we'll see how. But you are a fan of sours. I'm not a fan of sours, but I like some hops, so this will be interesting. All right, shall we open it? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> see a lot of pink foam. Seems oh, amazing. man. And we are using your special glasses today. From Stablecraft Brewing. Baseball themed. Mine says you're killing me, Smalls. And mine says, if you build it, they will come. And I'm getting droplets on my... I did a big taste for myself. Yeah, I was going to pour out the whole can. I wasn't thinking about it. I can smell the hops. Oh, yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. can't really taste the hops that much maybe a little bit towards the finish but yeah a little bit it's not too sour though no is this a good in the middle beer yeah i think so i'm actually not opposed to it and this beer is brewed in wanaki wisconsin probably butchered that i almost said milwaukee but that's definitely a w i like it they don't have any sort of description on the can it's boysenberry blackberry dry hop sour that's all you need to know I guess so. Jam up. Jam up. <laughs> That's what it says on the can. Interesting. Okay, this week's uh, So You Didn't Know You Liked Beer, huh? story is last two years ago, was it uh, Memorial Day or Labor Day? Labor Day when, of 2019. Labor Day of 2019, we went to Asheville, Virginia with North the, Carolina. Okay. How much of that have you had? <laughs> I am, like, my brain is all... And not, so I don't know why. Okay, Labor Day of 2019, we went to Asheville, North Carolina with the Atkins family slash the Cummings family. And we went to a few breweries there because they're a beer city, much like Richmond. And one of the breweries we went to was The Wedge. I think that was the first one that we went to. And it was an experience. The beer I don't really remember. Don't tell them I said that. 
But <laughs> they have like dolls everywhere there, and like doll parts are yeah. the um the tap handles. The, the oh tap gosh, handles. yeah, it yeah. Was, it was so weird. I think I just got some kind of uh, German lager, and it wasn't bad. The beer was fine, but the ambiance and the atmosphere of the brewery was just creepy. And I think they also had some weird mural outside on their patio, but yeah, it was so probably. hot, I don't think we went outside. Um, so, the Wedge Brewing, Asheville, North Carolina. You go for the beer, but you stay for the dolls. <laughs> but then we went to New Belgium. That was really cool. That was great. But this was before COVID, of course, so it was packed. Uh, so many people in there. Of course, there was Labor Day weekend in Asheville, a big city. So And uh, New Belgium's people. right on the river. Yeah, really it was cool. right on the river. A really beautiful brewery. Just, I mean, the architecture of the building is really nice and had a lot of good beer there. And then the next day we went to Sierra Nevada, and I think that, that was we all agreed packed. that was the nicest brewery that any of us have ever been to, just the entire property. I mean, they had the big restaurant, brew house, brew pub, and then a patio, and then a little hill with a river, and then an amphitheater, and then like a hiking trail down to the parking lot, and a, an old truck that they converted into a, a bar. Everything was just amazing there. Yeah, if you've been to Devil's Backbone in Virginia, it's kind of yeah. similar vibe to that, but even more, I yeah, would say. Yeah, on a bigger scale. Yeah. All right, well, what would you give this beer out of a, out of a 1 to 10? I'd give it a 5. I was gonna say six and a half, so we're about the same. So would not maybe recommend if you like hops and you want to try a sour, try the Jam Up Boysenberry Blackberry Dry Hop Sour from I can't even remember Collective Arts. Collective Arts in Wenaki, Wisconsin. All right, this has been <laughs> another edition of. So you don't like beer, huh? Uh, Matt, obviously I mentioned spring training starting, you know, as we release this podcast tomorrow. So exciting for that. Obviously still a lot to work out. I feel like in terms of what's happening with the baseball season, but it's going to be cool to see pitchers and catchers report. You know, we record this Tuesday night, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, got to wear all my Braves gear tomorrow when they have their first workouts, pitchers and catchers. Man, it's almost here. Just a couple weeks away from them from opening day. Sounds like fun. Uh, we'd love to hear your predictions as we'll be uh, be given previews uh, in the coming weeks. So you can tweet us at Trey Lyle, at Mackins21. Of course, join us at Fallball Area on all social media platforms. Love to hear from you. Make sure you rate and review and subscribe where you get our podcast. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, Matt, I uh, hope you have a good week, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Trey. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a, a good, I guess, Wednesday afternoon, and happy spring training. Happy pitchers and catchers reporting day, folks. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.